0: So I was just having a text conversation with a friend of mine who's going to start doing mold avoidance in an RV. And I offered to her to give her some RV tips on how to not make catastrophic mistakes that could threaten your RV and especially threaten your mold avoidance. Um, And then I realized if I'm going to have the conversation with her about this, I might as well just make a podcast about it so other people can benefit. Um, Before I get started, I want to tell you that... On YouTube, on my YouTube channel, just search for Brian Rosner on YouTube, I have maybe three or four videos on living in an RV off the grid and living in an RV in wintertime. I highly recommend you guys watch those short videos. In fact, I will um, not certify this podcast as being very useful if you don't use the podcast in combination with those videos because they're really important, so go watch those also. Again, YouTube Brian Rosner with uh, and search for the RV video. I have some RV videos on like dollars and cents of doing mold avoidance and other topics, but you're specifically going to look for the ones that are um, about living in an RV in the winter time and off the grid. Okay, so let's get started. <clears throat> RVs are designed to live off the grid. We're going to talk about two, two subjects here. We're going to talk about living off the grid, and we're going to talk about living in an RV in the winter time. <clears throat> the great thing about RVs is they are designed to work off the grid. So you can live in them about 90% of the time off the grid. And if you have a generator, it makes it even easier. So <clears throat> there's two ways to put water into your RV. One of them is to hook up a hose with water pressure. We call that city water, the city water connection, you're going to be at a campground, they're going to have a hose nozzle, you're going to hook up your hose to your RV and turn the hose on. Rule number one, make sure you put a pressure regulator in between the hose and the RV. Because if you don't do that and the water pressure is too high, it's going to blow up all the pipes in your RV. Okay, that's rule number one, pressure regulator. Rule number two, if you're going to go out for the day, turn the water off at the campground hose bib. Do not leave your RV pressurized because even with the pressure regulator, if you're gone and a pipe bursts, you will not hear it and it will flood your RV because all of that pressure coming from the campground pressure uh, water pressure will just release into your RV and you will have infinite amount of water until the campground well runs out or until the city water source runs out, flooding your RV. So only leave the campground uh, water on when you're there, okay, because that's constant water pressure going into your RV. This can even happen in a normal house. I had friends who bought a brand new house, you know, half a million dollar normal house and um, a pipe burst while they were gone and all that water pressure from city water just continued to flood the house until someone was home it would be really smart if people invented like a water pressure sensor and had an auto shut off or something, but that doesn't exist. So city water is the first type of water. Don't leave it on at the, at the campground spigot, unless you're home, unless you're in the RV and make sure you get a little $10 water pressure regulator to put in between your hose and your RV. You can also get water filters. They make these little water filters. You can do these long blue water filters just to clean the water, but that's not a catastrophic mistake. Don't let your hose freeze. You know, if you're in freezing temperatures, the connection between the hose and the RV can be, can freeze. And that can also cause a blow up leak. This is in my winter RVing video. And um, there was one other thing I wanted to say about that. Um, Well, we'll come back to that. The second way to put water in your RV is to fill up your fresh water tank. Your RV is equipped with a fresh water tank. Mine is 25 gallons. You take a hose, you fill it up, and then you close off the nozzle and you put the hose down and there is no pressure there. However, your RV will have a little switch that's a water pump. The water pump is used to put water in the... to, to The water pump is used so that when you turn on the shower... flush the toilet or turn on a faucet, you get water pressure. Don't leave the water pump on either, because it's kind of bad for it to be on all the time. And if you're gone, and you leave the water pump on those 25 gallons could flood your RV. So use the water pump as you need it. I mean, I'll leave it on sometimes for four or five hours. Um, But especially Don't leave it on when you put the casita or the RV or your ATC or whatever RV you have in storage. Make sure that switch is off. Water is important for mold avoiders, right? So this stuff I'm talking about right now with the plumbing is pretty important um, to just kind of get familiarized with your plumbing system. Honestly, I don't suggest people even use their RV until they are able to sit down at the table with a piece of paper and a pen and sketch out their RV systems. So they have a concept in their head of, okay, this is what's going on in my RV. This is this is how it works. When I flip this switch, this happens. When I flip that switch, that happens. So you know it's not complicated what I'm explaining. It isn't hard. It's just new information. But again, I don't suggest people... Um, even use the, the plumbing in their RV at all until they have sketched out, sat down with a piece of paper and a pen and sketched out, okay, this is the freshwater tank. Okay, what happens when I turn on the water pump? Okay, why don't I need a water pump when I'm on city water? And should I make sure the water pump is off when I'm sit on city water? Okay, so what happens when I flush the toilet? What ha- how, you know, how do I empty the black tank and gray tank and all that kind of stuff? Um, so the next thing I'll talk about is your tanks, black tank, gray tank. This is sort of basic RV wisdom. Don't empty your black tank unless it is full. Try to fill it up all the way because then you have enough pressure to to have it completely empty. If you use the black tank just a few times, then you try to empty it, you're gonna get toilet paper and other stuff clogging. In other words, if you have a full black tank with 20 gallons worth of waste in it, you're gonna have this giant rush of momentum of the waste coming out. It's much better to empty it that way. The gray tank, it's not quite as important because you don't have solid waste in there. So you don't need to worry about it doing it that way quite as much. If you empty the black tank first, It is ideal because then when you empty the gray tank through the same sewer hose, it will clean out your sewer hose from all the poop and pee that was in the sewer hose from the black tank. Again, that's just another little RV tip that we sort of learn the more that we do this. Okay, so let's talk about living off the grid. Um, RVs, it's really, really easy to live off the grid in an RV. Um, They're designed for that. You can fill up your freshwater tank, you can use the water a little bit more sparingly, and you can use the toilet for a week or 10 days, and you can, you know, fill up your gray tank slowly with doing dishes and washing your hands and stuff. And if you have a generator, you can recharge your battery. When you plug your RV into a generator, um, it recharges your whole RV. Now, if you don't have a generator, my battery lasts about three or four days off grid, And if you don't, um, and even when the battery sort of starts to die, you're still mostly safe except for your furnace and your refrigerator. There was one time our battery was like totally dead and our furnace fired and the furnace lit up with, with flames and, um, there wasn't enough electricity in the battery to power the fan to get rid of the flames to get rid of the heat from the furnace to pump it into the living space so the furnace overheated and almost burned down the rv like that's dangerous that can be dangerous most rv refrigerators the refrigerator is the best thing about these rvs it's so great because you can give up that cooler with ice melting um most refrigerators are three-way refrigerators which means that You can run them on gas, on DC, or on AC, and they switch automatically. This is like a a dream. I always joke that the only reason I have RVs is because of the refrigerator. Because if you're off grid, it'll run automatically on propane. And if you're out of propane, it'll run on your battery. And if you're plugged in, it'll run on AC and it'll charge on AC. And that's, you know, you're pretty much always going to have cold food unless your refrigerator malfunctions. Some RVs allow you to charge the battery by running your vehicle that's connected to it, so you can turn on your vehicle and it'll charge the battery. Um, Other RVs do not allow that, but that's a a nice feature to have. Of course, I recommend that everybody check their RV thoroughly for leaks. You can get up on the roof. You can check the valves and gaskets and make sure everything's connected. You can get um, self-leveling sealer to reinforce roof sealants this is such an easy thing to do to just kind of reinforce all the seals on the roof you don't really need to do that on the casita because it's doesn't really have that big long seam Um, but on standard rvs it's a good idea so you can you know get a ladder to get up on the roof Um, there are a lot of other kind of standard rv type tips and tricks and safety you know how do you park how do you back up um wheel chocks and you know what should you do first one of the well, you know I mean there's and I I guess I'm really not going to spend a lot of time going into that stuff because um there's a lot of videos already on that um you, you know for new RV people I would recommend that you google uh RV tips for beginners or how to use an RV for beginner and watch like 10 of those videos you know just cuz that'll be like the basics that anybody can tell you um and, and that's not really related to mold avoidance. But the stuff I've talked about in this podcast is kind of hitting on the important stuff for mold avoidance, like not having a flood in your trailer, um, not having any water leaks in your trailer. And it's so easy. I feel so bad for some people. Like there was a new, brand new mold avoider who had waited months to save up for her trailer, and she picked it up, and she was so excited. And she pa- she got rid of all of her belongings, and she packed her stuff. And I, you know, I was helping her a little bit, but she didn't, still didn't really know enough about RVs. She went to a campground, and she was doing good. And the first day she was there, she hooked up her trailer to the campground water system and turned it on with high pressure, and left to go get some groceries, and she didn't have a water pressure regulator, like I mentioned earlier, and she came back, and her entire trailer was, like, totally flooded, and it just took 10 minutes, I mean, gushing water, think about it, campground level water pressure just, just, constantly going for 10 minutes while she was gone. It was totally a lost cause. Her floors were buckling. She, she couldn't live in the trailer anymore. And by that point, you've already bought it and it's already depreciated $10,000 and no one else wants to live in it either. So now you have insurance claims and you have nowhere to live. So keeping the water out of your trailer is um, really important. I recommend that all mold avoiders, before you leave, even if you're just leaving for um, 10 minutes to go to town, to think this through. You know, is my water heater turned off? I don't want to leave my water heater turned on all the time. Most water heaters and trailers are gas and electric. So where are the switches for those, you need to learn how to winterize your trailer, if you do or do not want to live in it in the winter, you still should winterize it, even if you live in it, because you probably won't be able to use the plumbing and it'd be better to winterize it and have no frozen pipes and just use a portable toilet or, you know, whatever, because RVs, most RVs, even if they're four season RVs, they're still going to freeze up in real winter time. They just don't have the insulation to to work good in the winter. So there's a lot of these kind of details, but it, but for mold avoiders getting started, it's important to focus on the details that are catastrophic. You know, I mean, um, many mistakes you can make with RVs are not catastrophic, but the water and the plumbing and the pressurization of the pipes uh, is really can be catastrophic, and it can be catastrophic very, very quickly. Okay, another one that I thought of, um, never... Leave water running when you go on a walk or leave the campground intentionally. And this is a little bit of a variation on the rules that I just talked about before. Um, For example, this is another way that mold avoiders have flooded their trailer. If you're filling up the bath so that the kids can take a bath or if you're filling up the sink so that you can do dishes or something, people are used to in a real house, things have an emergency um, drain, like if your sink or your bathtub gets too full, it drains out of an emergency drain and goes down the drain. Well, first of all, that wouldn't really help you in an RV because if your gray tank is closed, even if you did have an emergency drain, where's the water going to go? It's going to go into the gray tank. Okay, what happens when the gray tank overflows? It's going to flood your RV. Water in, nowhere for water to get out. That's a lot of the problems with mold avoiders and RVs boil down to water in, but no water out. If there's water in and no way for the water to get out, it's going to flood and it's going to get out some way. And that way is going to be all over your floor and leaking through your walls. Because if there's water coming in and there's no way for the water to get out, it has to go somewhere. Our RVs have never had emergency drains in the sink, and the bathtub. And even if they did, they would not help you if the gray tank was full. So just be aware in your mind, anytime you are connected to water, or anytime you have water in your fresh water tank and you're using your water pump, there is the potential to overpressurize the pipes and blow up a pipe that way and have a flood or to overflow your tanks, your gray or your black tank and have water come in that way. There are a lot of ways that water can go into bad places in an RV, much more ways than a house. So people who are used to living in a house have this sort of false relaxation in their mind about water people are used to living in a real house are used to water rarely going where it shouldn't go sure once in a while you have a roof leak or you know something happens but most of the time in a house the water goes where it should go an rv is very different than that the water can very very easily go places where you don't want it to go and so this is why hold on, I'm turning down my fan here so that I can still be heard. This is why um, I recommend that you draw a schematic of your trailer from a pencil and paper. Don't look at the schematic in the instruction manual. I mean that you draw it with your own memory and your own imagination so you can not just recognize it on an instruction manual, but you can actually picture in your mind How does everything fit together? What happens when I'm connecting water here? Where is the water going? How is it different to be on city water than freshwater tank? And I don't just mean having a vague understanding. And a lot of people are going to say, oh, that's too much work. You're, you're, You're so boring. You're wasting my time. Well, it's a lot more work to go through a trailer flood and have your trailer ruined. So trust me, this is one thing I recommend people become an expert in their trailer. And it's not that hard. It's not that hard. It's really not complicated at all. Like I, could, if I had two days, I could explain to my nine-year-old enough that she would have be an expert. Now I don't know if she would remember because she doesn't really care. But it's a nine-year-old level um, stuff. It, the hard part is remembering it. It's not knowing it. It's so that when you get to the campground and you've had a long day of travel and you you know you want to turn the water on or whatever. Um, you, you remember this stuff, you go, Oh, I I almost forgot to put the pressure regulator on. That's a it's a little, you know, brass valve that's about three inches long that makes sure that if the campground water pressure is too high, that it doesn't blow up your pipes, because your trailer is not built to withstand that kind of water pressure. And it's easy to forget. It's not hard to understand. It's not complicated. It's just easy to forget. So, gosh, I'm like chomping at the bit here now, like driving myself crazy, wanting to talk for another 20 minutes about all the other RV hacks and tips and tricks that have made me really efficient using an RV because we've owned five RVs and I've lived in it almost, you know, the whole time for three years. But um, I'm I'm going to refrain from that because I really feel like if I spend another 20 minutes talking about um, general RV tips that I'm just not going to do as good of a job as, uh, YouTube would. So I really encourage you to spend that extra 20 minutes, um, doing YouTube searches for, you know, what should a beginner know about an RV or first time RV, you know, tips and tricks, read some articles, do, you know, not just YouTube, but Google, you know, um, RVs for beginners. Like I'm really telling you, you should do that because there are a lot of things, Like I've seen RVs rolling down the side of hills. I've seen RVs crashing off of tow hitches. And, you know, I mean, there's just all kinds of things. Like it's just wise to do that. But I'm going to kind of cut this off now because um, my goal here was really just to talk about um, some RV tips for mold avoidance and be sure to go watch my other videos. Like I mentioned early on, um, RVing off the grid and RV, Uh, use in wintertime in the cold. And that should give you some more tips. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day.